Welcome to the Athlete's Record, where athletes share an honest and inspirational account of their sporting life, the things that matter most to them, and what they learned along the way. This podcast was brought to you in partnership with GoLoud, the home of great audio. Turn on the volume on free local radio and all your favorite entertainment, sports, and news with the latest local and international podcasts. Download the GoLoud app today from your app store. In episode one, we meet Shaka Hislop. Shaka had a distinguished career in football as goalkeeper for clubs including Reading, Newcastle United, Portsmouth, and West Ham, and had the honor of being a member of the first team to represent Trinidad and Tobago at the FIFA World Cup in 2006. It is, however, his achievements off the pitch that have left a lasting legacy. Shaka is a founding patron and honorary president of the anti-racism charity Show Racism the Red Card. Here, he tells a story of how a racist incident near St. James Park in Newcastle led him to helping to set up the charity. My wife and I were out in town late one night and there was a a petrol station outside St. James's Park. Um, needed petrol, so so went there. And, and a group of youths come walking down the hill um, and started shouting racist abuse at me. As as they got a little closer, one of them recognized who I was and they started to chat my name and wanting to come over for autographs. Um, I just got in my car and left as, as quickly as I, as I could. I mean, it, it, was, it was frightening, it was dehumanizing. Um, but I, I was in touch with Jed Grebby, Show Racism, the Red Cards, Found and, and CEO. Um, he was uh, involved in an organization in the Northeast called Youth Against Racism in Europe, um, which, which I had supported. Uh, you know, they were in touch just after I joined Newcastle and I started supporting their work and Jed and I had, had, had become friends. And, you know, I was just telling Jed about it and, um, you know, and, and he came up with the idea, what about, you know, we start going into schools and, and talking to kids about about your experience, uh, that experience and your experience in, in football in general. And you can get teammates to come along with you. Um, and, and that's kind of where it started. You know, it started with me usually alongside a teammate. His first school visit was, was John Beresford, the left back from Newcastle at the time. Uh, just going to schools, talking about our experiences in the game and what we've learned and um, how we continue to, to, to learn playing alongside players from literally all four corners of the earth. Um, and and it, that from, from those school visits, um, the, the charity just continued to, to grow and grow to, to where it is now, you know. So, um, I, you know, I say that with a real sense of pride as to, as to where we started and, and, and where, we, where we are now. Um, it, it really has been... It, it, it has been phenomenal to, to witness its growth, to be a part of that growth. We, we've done a, a lot of work in the anti-racism space and, and, uh, and the, the guys who run that organization are doing incredible work. It was founded when I started back in, when I, when I, when I first joined Newcastle. As I say, I, I still serve as, as president to this day. We're celebrating our, our 25th anniversary in 2021. We are now the largest um, anti-racism educational charity in, 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 in the UK. So um, I'm, I'm, I have a real sense of pride around, around that and, and what it's, it's, it's become and the role we continue to play in the world today. The pride I felt around representing Trinidad and Tobago at the World Cup uh, 
was is, was personal. That was that was above me. Um, the pride I feel around show racing the red card is is about more than me. You know, it's 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 a lot bigger. You know, and and. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think it's right to compare them. Um, but I, 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 I share, I think it's, it's, it's equal. My, my pride in each of those are, are, are equal yet, yet a little different. That's uh, probably the best way to put it. It was a twist of fate that set Shaka Hislop on the path to becoming an elite footballer. Due to his height, he was told at the age of 10 to take up the position of goalkeeper. He went on to perform at the very top levels of the game, including his involvement in the now memorable Premier League title race between Newcastle United and Manchester United in the 1995-96 season. I, I first played in goal at 10, so when, when they were um, having trials for that, for that junior national team, I, I actually went um, as an outfield player, I fancied myself as a striker. But as I'm, you know, walking up to registration, the coach says, you're the tallest, you're the goalie. Uh, I was only 10 years old. Who was I to disagree? And, and I made the zonal team as a goalkeeper, went on to make the national team as a goalkeeper. So my, my fate was decided. It's surreal, especially now looking back on it. You know, at, at the time, you, you take it as it comes. You know, this is a, a boyhood dream that, that, that I had, that, that most kids like me um, shared. And... When you when you're in it, you're you're immersed in it. You know you're focused on on the next game. You're focused on making the best of, of your abilities, of becoming a better goalkeeper or or player, um, and and sharing that space with some of the best that, that the world have, and and feeling that you're you're justified in in being there and being in those dressing rooms, and you have to go out and, and prove that every single day, whether it's we're talking about on the training ground uh, or or on the field of play. You know that. You don't get to you don't get to sit back and just kind of pat yourself on the back, so to speak, you know, because it's 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 a constant battle. It's a constant battle with yourself and in making yourself the the best player that 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 you can be. Because um, the moment you do, or the moment that you don't, somebody else will be will be right along behind to to take that opportunity. We're still fighting for this title, and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And and I'll tell you honestly. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Managers are under as much pressure as, as anybody, you know. And I think you saw that with Kevin Keegan play out after the Leeds game to, to the back end of that season, um, and then during the course of the next season, I I I, I felt that Kevin Keegan had been or was being undermined, you know, and, and eventually he stepped away. Uh, Manchester United had floated on the stock market a few years earlier, and then Newcastle would. Um, trying to do the same and, and they were putting corporate pressures, let, let's put it that way, on, on Kevin Keegan around around different aspects of of his management and I, I thought they, they undermined him. Uh, I, I thought they undermined him and, and um, left him with no choice but, but to walk away. Um, and I, I thought that was unfortunate because the club, I, I thought, was on the, on the cusp of of really doing great things and and that was that was a critical blow to it especially now you know in, in hindsight looking back you know you you always have to hit the post before before it goes in you know so so to speak um you know uh, recently liverpool threw away a, a a commanding league lead to 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 go on and, and win the league a couple of seasons ago they lost in the Champions League final before before doing before winning it themselves. Manchester City went through um, 
similar, you know, similar near miss before they, they eventually won their, their first Premier League title. Um, uh, was that in the Mancini? Was there for, or was 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 it Mancini and then Pellegrini? Wh- whichever way. Um, but but th- those are things you know that that kind of that lesson is, is is a part of the process. And looking back on it now, you know that was the time for us to build, not not the time for us to kind of take things apart uh, and see what 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 you can build out of that. You know, and and as a result, I, I think the club took two huge steps back. Um, in in dismissing Kevin Keegan the way that he did, and they, you could pop, you could make the argument that they they haven't recovered since. Shaka Hislop's dream of representing his country was almost over before it started, following a controversy when football official Jack Warner tried to impose a ban on him. Following years in exile and despite approaches from the England national team, Shaka re-emerged as the Trinidad and Tobago goalkeeper going all the way to the 2006 FIFA World Cup Finals. There, his boyhood dream became a reality. There was, there was never any doubt in my mind that I wanted to represent Trinidad Tobago. There, there was never any doubt. My, my issue came in the form of Jack Warner. Jack Warner and I had a, a rather unceremonious falling out just after I, I joined Reading. Um, he tried to he tried to have me banned because I didn't want to come back to Trinidad Tobago to play in in the most ridiculous of, of friendly games, a game that he scheduled November nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, five years after after we lost the U.S. For some reason, he wanted to play this friendly. It was outside of the FIFA uh, international window. I was the only goalkeeper at Reading. I was playing well. We were we were um, in the top three in 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 well, what was then the first division, what is now the championship, so kind of looking at, at, at promotion. And I, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave to go and play a friendly at, at, this, at this juncture of, of my career and, and, and the season. Um, but he tried to force that. He tried to have me banned. Uh, and I, I swore that I was not going to represent Trinidad Tobago while, while Jack Warner was, was still in power. I, I, I would not. Um, but then, but, I, but again, I, I always harbored those dreams, those ambitions to, to represent Trinidad and Tobago. I was called in to an England squad when I was playing at Newcastle by, by Glenn Hoddle, who was the England, England national coach at the time. Uh, Kevin Keegan then called me in for, for some qualifiers. That would have been the, for the summer of 1999, just after I, I ended my first year after joining West Ham. But I got called back into the Trinidad and Tobago squad by Bertel Sinclair. The Tobagonian, who was actually the junior coach when I first played at under 12 level that we were talking about earlier. Bertel was a coach back then at under 12, and I, I did then and still do now regard Bertel as, as somewhat of a, a football father to me. Uh, and once Bertel asked me to come back and I spoke with him, um, that, that was all I needed. And, and probably he was the only person who could kind of get me to to dismiss this, this, um, this grievance that I had with Jack Warner and come back to, to play for the national team. But he knew how I felt about Jack Warner. He understood why I felt that way. Uh, and that what I was doing was, was because of him, was an, an order an to, to Bertil. Um, uh, once Bertil got the job, once Bertil spoke to me, then you know, my, my decision was, was made then and, and there was no turning back. Trying to be patient, Ibrahimovic. Oh, my last little cup of Bill Hamilton. It's a really good side by Shaka 
well, easily the, the greatest day, my fondest memory, June 10th, 2006. Represented Trinidad Tobago at our first ever World Cup game. I'm, I'm a Trinidad Tobago football fan first. I, I was a student at college in, in, in November 1989 when we, drew, when we lost at home to, to the United States, when a draw would have seen us qualify for Italy 1990. Um, but, but we lost to the US. I was in the US. Uh, I, I felt that hurt as, as a football fan. Never thought I'd, I'd represent Trinidad Tobago at the highest level, let alone represent Trinidad Tobago at, 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 at a World Cup. Never thought I'd see Trinidad Tobago at, at a World Cup as a fan. Um, and then here I was um, on my anniversary, as, as it would happen, my 11th anniversary, June 10th in 2006, um, playing Trinidad Tobago's first ever game at, at, at the World Cup level. And then going on to keep a clean sheet was, was, the, icing, was the icing on the cake. But just hearing our anthem on that day, um, it's, there's, there's no, no replicating, no beating that. You know, I, I often describe, I often describe the Sweden game and that whole World Cup experience as, as my fairy tale. I, I don't go back, I haven't gone back to, to look at the games um, because it still seems so surreal. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a young kid who grew up in a, a corner in Trinidad and Tobago and, and kind of recognized so many different, different um, aspects to, to things that all kids talk about running around their, their local playgrounds, you know, and, and pulling on the, the shirt for Trinidad Tobago. It's, it's exhilarating. It's pressure-filled, as, as I mentioned before, because you're representing a country. Your, your identity is so closely tied to it. Your family's identity is so closely tied to it. Um, it's, it, 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 was, it was the most incredible of honors. Enjoy every single moment, you know, enjoy the ups and the downs. Um, you, you look back on, on, on a career with, with a sense of fulfillment, even, even when things didn't go well, if you've, if you've given of your all. And also, don't forget your grounding. Don't forget where you're from. Um, and, and I say that because I, I have always found, and still to this day, I, I find such peace in going back to Trinidad and Tobago, in, in recognizing um, who I represent and, and the, the pride that people feel um, through me and, 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 and what, what, I was, what, what I was able to do. You know, and when you play professional sport, especially a sport like this, there is a lot of noise. You know, there are people praising you, there are people being very critical. Um, there's fans, there's media, there's, there's a lot um, to take in, to digest. Um, but then there's, a, a, there's a, a simplicity in going back to where you call home, seeing the people that you grew up with and recognizing the pride that they feel in, in your accomplishments. That, that, I, I think that is, um, that is a grounding that every, every player needs, especially those of us from the Caribbean. Despite Shaka being able to fulfill his dream of representing his country, his father, George Hislop, never attended a game. On principle, due to the controversy involving Jack Warner. Despite this regret, his father's story has always been a source of inspiration to Shaka and helped him to become Trinidad and Tobago's most celebrated goalkeeper. Probably my, my biggest regret but also 
greatest example. Um, uh, and and, and uh, similarly, a source of pride is, is my dad actually never saw me play for Trinidad Tobago. So once, um, no, not that my dad is, my dad is still, still alive, but once um, Jack Warner tried to have me banned, my dad is a lawyer. Um, you know, he, he challenged Jack. He, 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 he took a real exception to it for, for obvious reasons um, and, and started challenging a lot about Jack Warner and who he was and what he represented in, in Trinidad Tobago and, and, and our football. Um, and his, 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 his simple sentiment was he's, he's not going to pay for a ticket. He's not going to support um, Trinidad Tobago football while, while Jack Warner was, was involved, even, even if his son was on the field. So my mom would always come, and so I was always really happy about that, even though um, I, I, I fully understand the pressures of, of, a, of a parent. I, I, the pressures, if you think the pressures of a goalkeeper are high, the pressures of a parent of a goalkeeper are infinitely higher. Um, so I, I, I knew how tough that had to be on my mom coming, you know, coming to, to, to see me play. But I, I was happy that that she was there, and and I I would always kind of I would always respond to just knowing that that she was in the crowd, whether I could see her or not. Um, but at the same time, you know, as, as as I mentioned, my with my father not being there, um, it was an example about about making a stand and um, truly believing in in what is right, fighting for what is right. My, my dad never stopped supporting me. My, never, my dad never stopped encouraging me, pushing me to, to play at, at every level, pushing me and encouraging, encouraging me to play for Trinidad Tobago. Um, but he, he, he just refused to, to support what Jack Warner represented uh, in our football. So every time, as soon as games were over, I would race back home and, and have a conversation with him uh, uh, about the game, about different things, because he'd sit at home and watch it on television. Um, so that was a good kind of uh, rounding experience, you know, the kind of emotional emotion of, of right after the game and, and seeing mother to talk about it. And then going back home, you know, to kind of talk about it uh, in a little bit more depth where, when things have calmed down a little with, with my dad. My dad is an incredibly principled man that I, I think has been a guide to me in so many ways. And, and I, I, I often say I cannot tell my story without telling my dad's. My dad was a part of the Windrush generation and moved to, to England looking for employment in, in the early 60s. Um, him and his friend Desmond Allen were, were harassed and, and arrested by, by, um, by, by the police. Um, and they sued. They sued the Metropolitan Police Service. Uh, and won. Um, they, they won a record settlement. It was £8,000 at the time. He took his share, his £4,000, enrolled in law school, also went back to Trinidad for the first time since, since he left, some, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how many years previous, for a six-week holiday. He just wanted to go see, see his mom. And during his six-week holiday, met and proposed to, to my mom. You know, um, so we, I, I, so I, I tell that because we are talking about a man alongside his best friend, a black man from Tran Tobago, alongside his best friend in the day of no blacks, no Irish, no dogs, took on Scotland Yard and won in the mid-60s. Um, that, that was unheard of, you know, at, at, at the time. And, and, but that is, my, that, is my father's, that is my father's story. Um, that is that is example that is 
that is the principle that, that, that I've always I've always looked up to. This podcast was brought to you in partnership with Go Loud, the home of great audio. Turn up the volume on free local radio and all your favorite entertainment, sports, and news with the latest local and international podcasts. Download the Go Loud app today from your app store. The Athlete's Record is produced by Record Media. Subscribe now for further episodes in our series. <laughs>